tonight. At this global event, this universal stage, whose storied past is rivaled only by the promise of an even bigger future. Millions will watch from around the world, waiting, anticipating for that next breathtaking moment. The stage is set. The time is now. History is at hand. This is WrestleMania. WrestleMania Salvation. We are here tonight to talk about WrestleMania 4, which was known for the WWF title tournament. Now, a couple quick facts before we get into WrestleMania Salvation. First fact is I am your host. My name is Sal. I am here on behalf of the Rundown to talk about WrestleMania. This is the podcast where we go back and we look at all the WrestleManias that happened starting from beginning to end. Now, WrestleMania 4 was special because it was the tournament for the title. The first and only time they've ever done a one-night tournament for the WWF Championship. Just for a little background of why the title was up for grabs in a tournament. I'm going to go back to last year's WrestleMania. WrestleMania 3. The body slam heard around the world. Hogan pins the giant, something nobody had done in 15 years. Fast forward throughout the year, and Hogan and the giant are still fighting. And they have a match on, I believe it was Saturday Night Main Event or WWF Main Event, something main event, where it was the most viewed match ever in television history. The rematch of Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. In that match, Andre the Giant promised he would win the title and hand it to Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase tried to buy the title previously from Hogan, and Hogan gave us the first hell no in wrestling. Now, during that match, Hulk Hogan was quote-unquote pinned, even though his shoulder came up after not even a two-count. The referee counted three anyway, awarded the title to the Giant. Andre immediately grabbed the microphone and tried to give the belt to Ted DiBiase. A lot of things came out of this. We found out that, how can there be two Dave Hebners? Well, there wasn't. There was one Dave Hebner and one evil Earl Hebner. Apparently, he was Dave Hebner's twin. Also, this is the first time in wrestling history we get mention of President Jack Tunney, the on-screen president of WWE Affairs, who said, no, 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 you can't just hand a title to somebody. So he stripped Andre of the title, and he put the title up for grabs in this tournament at WrestleMania 4. We will get into all of that tonight, and we will discuss the tournament in depth. But first, a little background on the place of WrestleMania 4. WrestleMania 3 was held at the Pontiac Silverdome, 93,000 people. And WrestleMania 4 was held at the historic Atlantic City Convention Center, now known as Boardwalk Hall. Huh. That seems like a little bit of a downgrade. 
It literally only fits a fifth of the people that the Silver Dome fit. Why would Vince McMahon not go for another stadium? Donald Trump paid a very handsome fee to have WrestleMania at his venue. See, he was trying to compete with Vegas as an entertainment center back in the 80s. He wanted Atlantic City to be that well known. So not only did Trump sponsor the event, Trump waived the rental fee. So you have to pay to rent out a building like the Pontiac Silver Dome, and it ain't fucking cheap. So Trump waiving that fee saved Vince a lot of money. Trump also bought a lot of the tickets for WrestleMania 4, and he gave them out as comps to his high rollers. Problem with that being is the majority of the crowd is then high-rolling, fun-seeking, uh, rich gamblers instead of wrestling fans. You may not get the same crowd reaction that you were intending on getting, but who gives a shit? Vince saw dollar signs. WrestleMania 4 was held on March 27, 1988, and although it was held at the Atlantic City Convention Center, it is commonly referred to throughout the entire show as Trump Towers, which was next door, but not exactly Trump Tower. Tagline for WrestleMania 4 is, What the world is watching! Uh, probably not. Now, we start off WrestleMania 4 with, of course, America the Beautiful. This time, sung by Gladys Knight. Of course, this WrestleMania is all about the tournament, so we're going to start with the tournament, right? No. 20-man battle royal for some obscenely large trophy. Now, the majority of the people in this battle royal are tag team competitors. The Rojo brothers were in here. The Killer Bees were in here. The Hart Foundation was in here. Now, that last one is significant. Bret Hart, Bad News Brown, and Junkyard Dog were the last three people in this battle royal. And Bad News Brown and Bret Hart came up, you know, they came together with a pact to get rid of Junkyard Dog. They, they succeeded. They got rid of Junkyard Dog. They both celebrate like they both won, like they were co-winners. And then Bad News turns on Brett and throws him out of the ring. Bad News Brown is the winner of your battle royal tonight. He gets the obscenely large trophy placed in the ring next to him. This thing is like seven fucking feet tall. However, Brett, he's not exactly happy that he got double-crossed. So he runs back into the ring, takes a couple shots at Bad News, throws him over the top, and then beats the shit out of the trophy like it was Shawn Michaels in the back of a locker room in 1997. I mean, he, they literally built this thing just so Brett could break it apart. Which, if they did that, you'd think they would have gimmicked it. No, this was a real trophy, and it took him like 10 minutes to beat the shit out of the thing. Moving on. We finally start the tournament. First round matchup, Ted DiBiase versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Now, Duggan comes out there, and he's hoeing like only Duggan can, and he's making these stupid faces... And I'm still not sure, like, what his gimmick was. Like, Million Dollar Man's gimmick is he's a rich guy who believes everybody's got a price. He has a bodyguard named Virgil. He's also accompanied to the ring by Andre the Giant in a suit, which is kind of funny. The only thing I can think of Hacksaw is he's on the spectrum and they just don't say it out loud. That's it. That's what I came up with because that's what his character acts like when he wrestles. Uh, this match is mercifully short. 
Nothing wrong with DiBiase in the ring. And Duggan is passable. But nobody wants to see Duggan for that long. I'm sorry. Not even in 88. At one, so the match ends because Duggan goes for the three-point clothesline. But Andre grabs his foot. He then punches him in the face. Behind the referee's back. DiBiase drops a fist on him. And covers Duggan for the one, two, three. Advancing to the quarterfinals. Your winner. Ted DiBiase. Backstage, we go to Gene Oakland, who can't help but admire Brutus the Barber Beefcake's package. Brutus the Barber, take a look at this. Brutus, this is incredible. What a package. Brutus talks openly about stabbing Jimmy Hart with barber shears. And we go to our next match. Also a tournament match. Don Morocco with superstar Billy Graham in his corner. Versus Dino Bravo with Frenchie Martin. And apparently, they just had a plethora of managers in this time period. Because I didn't even remember who the fuck Frenchie Martin was. This match is okay. You know, crowd kind of pops for Billy Graham. But uh, really what it is, is just two big, powerful guys having a very clunky match. It's weird, uh, throughout this match, our commentating team of Jesse the Body Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon constantly refer to Don Morocco... By his new moniker, Don The Rock Morocco. So, throughout the entire match, they're like, The Rock this, and The Rock that. And I'm like, oh, this is fucked up. Because when I grew up, there was only one Rock. This was a little bit before my time. So it's weird hearing another guy being referred to as The Rock in the ring. Now, in what looked to be a very dangerous fuck-up, Bravo kicks Morocco off him sending him flying over the top rope. But his head gets stuck in the ropes. Think Mick Foley when he used to hang himself. I don't think this was planned, though, because the ref scrambles to get Morocco out of there as quickly as possible, and Bravo kind of backs off when he does it. Eventually, Bravo nails Morocco with a pile driver, which is Morocco's finisher, but he kicks out of it. Ref gets knocked out when Bravo pulls him in front of a flying Morocco forearm, And you think that it's going to be shenanigans, but uh, this referee's having none of that. He gets up and he disqualifies Dino Bravo instantly. For what? For grabbing grabbing him and throwing him into Don Morocco, of course. Your winner by disqualification and moving on in the tournament is... The Rock! Don Morocco. Bob Euchre did such a good job at WrestleMania 3 that they decided to bring him back. There's a big comedy bit going on all night where he is uh, here because he wants to meet up with Vanna White to get a date, but uh, he, he keeps looking for her all over the arena and he can't find her. So he is backstage with the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart, and they do nothing but make fun of him. We go on to the fourth match of the night. Round one tournament action, Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Now, I pop big for this because Ricky the Dragon Steamboat comes out with Richie Steamboat. Now, this is 1988, so you are correct. Richie Steamboat is probably nine months old at this point. It's cute. They both have uh, matching uh, karate outfits on. And, uh, uh, you know, Steamboat is uh, still super over at this point. But the match is unsummarily short, and Steamboat loses. 
Now, this is interesting because when he comes out to the ring, they talk about how he's got to be a favorite to win this tournament. Steamboat loses pretty clean. And after the match, he kind of does a walk around the ring and waves to the crowd uh, almost like a goodbye. Well, it was. He left the company less than two months later. Huh? Apparently, after WrestleMania 3, after he won the Intercontinental Championship, he wanted some time off to be home with his newborn son and his wife. And uh, Vince got pretty pissed off at that. Took that personally. And after that, when he came back from his time off, uh, his push was gone. And he was really doing nothing. Sad. Because Steamboat could have been a really, really big superstar in the late 80s for the WWF. By the time he came back in 91, when he was breathing fire and, and, you know, had another short run with WWF, he just, I don't know, maybe just Vince never trusted him, but he just never got that momentum back he had after the win at WrestleMania 3. Backstage we go again, and Gene Oakland is with the British Bulldogs. Matilda and Coco Beware. Now, unbeknownst to me, apparently Bobby the Brain Heenan and the Islanders had something to do with kidnapping Matilda for the past few weeks. But then Matilda was returned to the Bulldogs, and now they've trained um, Matilda to go weasel hunting. So apparently uh, Matilda has been trained to kill Bobby Heenan on sight, which should be interesting visual. We move on from the backstage segment, because that's the other thing, too. They do these backstage segments at this WrestleMania, and they purposely, especially in the first couple hours, have nothing to do with the next match. They have to do with matches that happen later on in the evening, but they have nothing to do with the actual tournament, which is an interesting format. Next match, we have the Macho Man himself, a babyface Macho Man, with Miss Elizabeth versus the natural Butch Reed with Reverend Slick. Two managers in this match. We're going to see that a lot tonight. Now, this is an interesting match because we know, in hindsight, that Macho Man's going to wrestle four times tonight. So they do keep this match short, but what they do is they have Butch Reed get all of the offense in. And I, I mean literally all of the offense. The only thing that Savage gets in, which at about the four-minute mark, is he catches Butch Reed trying to come off the top rope. He slams him from the top rope, jump, uh, goes up to the other turnbuckle, Flying elbow drop, pin, one, two, three. That's it. We're moving on. Randy Savage, a winner by pinfall, on to the quarterfinals. Next match, more managers. Jesus Christ. Bam Bam Bigelow, a very young Bam Bam Bigelow, with Oliver Humperdink versus the one-man gang with Reverend Slick. Now, Bam Bam is still pretty green at this point, and the only thing he really can do is cartwheel. That's like his go-to. Every time he, like, gets in trouble, he just does a cartwheel. So it's a little bit weird. Uh, he goes for the headbutt off the ropes, but Sick pulls back the top rope so that Bigelow just goes toppling, toppling over the top rope to the outside. Um, and even though it appears that Bigelow beats the 10 count, uh, referee calls for the bell and says, Nope, uh, count it out. You're a winner. And advancing to the quarterfinals, the one-man gang by count out. Eh. They got to do something to get through this first round. 
Now we go backstage, and Gene is with Hulk Hogan. Now, Hogan and the Giant, because they were involved in that championship debacle, received a bye in the first round. They are automatically fighting in the quarterfinals, and they are automatically fighting each other in the quarterfinals. So no chance of them meeting in the finals. We get that match tonight right out of the gate. Now, Hogan goes on a drug-induced rant about earthquakes and fault lines and Donald Trump giving up his material possessions to save his wife and kids. Yeah, okay. And Hogan saving all of them by swimming to safety. It's a very strange promo. Thank God Donald Trump's a Hulkamaniac. He'll know enough to let go of his materialistic possessions, hang on to the wife and kids, dog paddle with his life all the way to safety. But Donald... If something happens, you run out of gas, and all those little Hulkamaniacs run out of gas, just hang on to the largest back in the world, and I'll dog paddle us, backstroke all of us to safety. If you want to see Hogan coked out of his mind, or maybe he's on LSD, go check this out, because the shit he's talking about, I have no idea. This is Ultimate Warrior bad. That's how fucking off the rails he is here. Back to the ring for action, Jake Roberts versus... Rick Rude with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Now, Rick Rude comes out and he does his Rick Rude shtick. And I love it. I eat it up. This, uh, this shit is great. Good back and forth match. Uh, I can notice, I can tell it's going a little bit long. And sure as shit, the announcers stop ringing up. It's going a little bit long. And ding, ding, ding. We get a time limit drawer, actually. Uh, they, it's only a 15 minute time limit in the first round. So both Rude and Roberts do not advance in the tournament, which is kind of anticlimactic. Now these two would continue their feud after WrestleMania, but Rick Rude, Jake Roberts, I mean, these guys could have been semifinals easy, even in 88. Backstage, Gene Oakland is with the lovely Vanna White and the tournament board. Shockingly enough, Vanna picks all the faces to win. I know. Shocking. And on a side note, poor Vanna White. That girl had the world at her feet in the 80s. And she could have been probably the... I don't know if she can act. God knows if she can or can't act. But I feel like she could have been the biggest star in the world. And all she did in her entire career was just Wheel of Fortune. Whatever. Match number eight tonight is a non-tournament match for some reason. And it's not for a title, so that's a little bit weird. But we do get this podcast and WrestleMania's first appearance of the Ultimate Warrior as he goes against Hercules. Warrior's green. Not gonna lie. He still hasn't kind of found his niche or like how he he needs to portray his character. Uh, there were some moves in here that I've never seen Warrior do in my life. He's still at this point no-sell city. You know, everything Hercules does, he doesn't sell it one fucking bit. I don't even think he knows how. Now, this is interesting because they do the German suplex spot. And what I mean by the German suplex spot is when the guy, German suplexes the other guy, holds on to pin him, and both their shoulders get counted down. I didn't know this spot was around back then. So that's pretty cool. Um, But Warrior gets his right shoulder up just at the last second. And wins the match. So, winner, you're a winner by pinfall. The ultimate warrior. Now, after the match, Hercules tries to jump the warrior with the chain. 
But Warrior gains the advantage and clears the ring because he is your next big thing. Now, the tournament is really going to start to heat up. We start our quarterfinal with the much-anticipated Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. Video package before the match shows us the highlights of the feud. Andre jumps Hogan before the bell. Andre's got super heat here. It's amazing to watch. It really is. Hogan is over like Rover. If there is one point in this night that the crowd is at its loudest, it is for Hogan. That's just blatantly obvious. Now, DiBiase is at ringside with Andre. So is Virgil. So they're both out there. Hulk's obviously got all the, uh, all the odds stacked against him. DiBiase gets in the ring and tries to hit Hogan with a chair. Hogan takes the chair and hits DiBiase. Then Hogan hits Andre. Mind you, the referee sees Hogan hit Andre. But then Andre takes the chair and hits Hogan again right in front of the ref. So the ref calls for a double DQ. And they're both disqualified. Now, I'm a little bit confused. And I'll grant you this. Hogan hit Andre in the back with the chair, and it barely phased him. But the referee saw it, and he was like, no, no, you got to put the chair down. And then Andre cracked Hogan over the head with the chair, and that's when the referee waved the whole match off. So I guess it's like a modern-day no contest, but... And DiBiase is the one who brought in the chair, which the referee did see, but... Man, I don't know. You can make a case that Hogan should have been DQ'd and Andre should have advanced. But whatever, we'll go with the no DQ finish, it's fine. Next match, Don Morocco, The Rock, versus DiBiase. Oh, by the way, previous match, Hogan chases DiBiase away. And then he suplexes Virgil on the outside. And Virgil basically gets stretched out. Like, he took the bump so bad... Uh, that you don't see Virgil for the rest of the night, and they sell and they and they they pump it up too, like he just killed Virgil, which is I am fine with. <laughs> I don't mind not seeing Virgil on my TV. So Don Morocco versus DiBiase, winner advances to the finals, even though this is a quarterfinal match because Hogan and Andre both are out of the tournament. DiBiase comes out by himself. Andre is obviously in the back getting changed, or whatever. He's just not out there. Virgil's obviously dead. So, DiBiase's got to do this on his own. And you know what? Got a lot of technical skill here from DiBiase. He had a good match. Him and Don Morocco had a really decent match. Uh, DiBiase wins with what is what we call now a version of the stun gun. Where he kind of lifts you up for a flapjack and then drops your neck over the top rope. It was resourceful. I enjoyed it. Your winner. And moving on to the finals, Ted DiBiase. Next up, we have a quarterfinal match. Greg the Hammer Valentine with Jimmy Hart versus the Macho Man Randy Savage. Again, they do keep this match short. Macho Man wins with a small package after Valentine was going for the figure four. Not much to say here other than Valentine's eliminated. Macho Man moves on to the semifinals. Match 12, we're going to interrupt the tournament. We're going to do an IC title match. Brutus the Barber Beefcake versus the Honky Tonk Man with Jimmy Hart and Peggy Sue 
And for those of you wondering, Peggy Sue is sensational Sherry, but just with a blonde wig and 50s clothes. Now, Beefcake is trying so hard to get over here. And I guess the fans like him, but uh, I don't. And I'm fucking going to be very honest with you. I never have. It didn't matter if it was Beefcake or Beefcake Taming with Hogan or the Booty Man or the Disciple. I fucking can't stand him. Him and all his garbage fucking gimmicks. Uh, Not once, not even when I was a kid, did I ever cheer for Bruce the Barber Beefcake. And I'm not going to start now. During the match, Jimmy Hart nails the ref from behind with the megaphone while Honky Tonk Man was in the sleeper. Honky Tonk Man's out. The referee's out. Beefcake then decides to to chase after Jimmy Hart, catches Jimmy Hart, gives him a horrendous haircut, literally cut like maybe two pieces of his hair off. Uh, Referee gets up and awards the victory to Beefcake because of the megaphone shot, even though he didn't see it. And your winner by DQ is Bruce the Barber Beefcake. Unfortunately, title cannot change hands. So still, your Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man. Backstage, Bob Buecher is still looking for Vanna White, but he gets Andre instead. Now this, this was a WrestleMania moment I remember, and I love it. Andre gets annoyed that Euchre keeps talking about Vanna White as he's trying to say that DiBiase is going to be the next champion and that Hulkamania is dead. Andre laughs maniacally, and when Yuka tries to get a word in, Andre chokes him. Just puts his two giant mammoth hands around Yuka's throat and just wrings his neck. It's a hilarious visual. We have a six-man tag coming up next as the the British Bulldogs and Coco Beware take on the team of the Islanders and Bobby the Brain Heenan. That's right, folks. Bobby the Brain Heenan makes his in-ring debut tonight. For WrestleMania. In-ring debut in WWF at WrestleMania. Obviously, he's he's wrestled years before that. But Now, Bobby Heenan's wrestling gear is fucking hilarious. It looks like 17 Roman Reigns vests. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know the sumos, the sumo suits that sometimes like you see at like, fairs and carnivals? That's how heavily padded this thing is. This thing is just, it's just like a walking... Uh, oven mitt. Heenan, Heenan bumps around like only he can, which is great. Uh, but Heenan, Bobby the fucking brain Heenan picks up the pinfall after the Islanders slam him on top of Coco Beware. I'll take it. Absolutely. Afterwards, Matilda and Davy Boy chase Heenan away with Matilda biting Heenan a couple of times. It was kind of funny, but eh. Our only semi-final match of the night, the one-man gang versus Randy Savage. It's a decent match. Again, I don't mean to beat a dead horse. They keep it short. We know Savage is going four times tonight. The one-man gang gets himself DQ'd after the ref catches him trying to hit Savage with a, with a cane. With Slick's cane. So, the ref sees him basically blatantly do this so he does it anyway and then he just decides to beat the shit out of the macho man i get it though i see the formula put all the odds against the savage and have him go into that title match not himself and not 100 percent. your finals for the world wrestling federation championship are the macho man randy savage 
and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. But first, tag team titles are on the line as the team of Demolition take on the team of Strike Force. Demolition come to the ring, and they are wearing the zipper leather masks over their face paint. Kind of looks like the Gimp from Pulp Fiction. Not gonna lie. Plus, there's a lot of leather and studs and stuff on their gear as, as it is anyway. So, uh, what exactly are they trying to tell us here? Now, Strike Force comes out, and I swear to God, they have the fucking cheesiest entrance music I've ever fucking heard. Now, I am a mark for 80s music. Uh, even present day, uh, Mike Kanellis, his song in the WWE, I love it. I think it's the the greatest thing in the world. But this music is so cheesy. You literally roll your eyes as soon as they walk down to the ring. Uh, and by the way, was any of Tito Santana, Santana's gimmicks ever over? I mean, yeah, like, Strike Force was kind of popular, but, like, trust me, El Matador didn't get over. I don't know. There's another guy. I feel like he was talented, and he could have been, you know, a pretty big star, but I... Ugh. I don't know. He's very generic. Maybe that's the problem. Now, Axe and Smash make this a brawl. They're definitely not as good as performers as the Road Warriors. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, interesting comments from Jesse the Body Ventura during this match, including, I bet Chico Santana wishes he was back in Tijuana selling tacos. Can't say that today. Now, after the ref has an awkward cadence during a two count uh ventura calls him out on it it's actually really funny because you can kind of tell that the ref stops after two and waits for santana to kick out uh jesse ventura says that was close there appeared to be a hesitation on the part of referee joey morella don't you agree now the inside joke here being that joey morella is the real life son of Jesse, the body Ventura's partner tonight, Gorilla Monsoon. So, <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Jesse kind of put uh, Joey on the spot there. Uh, but, of course, Gorilla defends his son, saying, It was clear Tito kicked out. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Now, I gotta tell you, this match, this match tonight tested my wrestling patience at the end of it. Um, I like to suspend my disbelief. Hell, if you book it right, I'll believe The Undertaker's levitating up in the Providence Civic Center. I will, because I have. But here's what I didn't like. Rick Martel has Smash locked in the Boston Crab right in the middle of the ring. Tito stops Axe from breaking it up. He, you know, runs over and nails him with a forearm. But then, him and Fuji get into it. They start jarring back and forth on the ring apron. Santana grabs Fuji like he's going to hit him. The referee tries to get him off of him. Tito swings his right arm and the referee goes flying like Tito just punched him in the face. During this entire time, nobody's looking at Axe. Axe slides in the ring, grabs the cane as Tito Santana is beating the shit out of Mr. Fuji, still on the ring apron. Axe cracks Rick Martel in the back of the head with the cane. He then puts Smash on top of Rick Martel. 
the referee magically wakes up, counts the pinfall, and this entire time, which between the time when Axe grabbed the cane and the time when the pinfall is counted, Tito is just purposely not looking. You could say he was distracted with Fuji, but he wasn't outside the ring. He was on the apron, and Fuji was already knocked out. So, technically, Tito was, like, still beating him up. But at that point, you're beating up a manager who's already knocked out while your partner gets hit in the back of the head with a cane, gets pinned, and you lose the titles. It would be one thing if Tito was beating up Fuji and they were going up the ramp. But my God, how stupid did that make Tito Santana look? For fuck's sake. Your winners and new tag team champions, Demolition. And now the moment we've all been waiting for. Your finals for the WWF Championship, Macho Man Randy Savage versus... The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Howard Finkel introduces the guest ring announcer, which is weird. You have a ring announcer introducing a ring announcer. And Bob Uecker comes out. Nice little response from the crowd from Mr. Mr. Baseball. Uecker introduces the guest timekeeper, Vanna White. So Vanna comes out. Uecker is elated because he's been looking for her the whole night. First thing Vanna does when she gets ringside goes right up to Donald Trump and kisses him on the cheek. I'm surprised he didn't grab her by the... Anyway, Van is super over at this point, and Euchre parades her around the ring as she waves to everybody like a fucking show pony. Whatever. Crowd loves it. They eat it up. DiBiase comes down to the ring, still with Andre the Giant and still with no Virgil. Savage enters with Elizabeth, and this is his fourth outfit change in the night. So credit to Savage, not only did he wrestle four times tonight, he changed his fucking ring gear four times tonight. Good on him. Now the match starts, and Andre slowly starts interfering. He trips Savage when Savage is going off the ropes. He does it again. And then at one point, Savage throws DiBiase outside, and he goes up to the turnbuckle like he's going to jump from the top turnbuckle and hit him with the double axe handle. And Andre stands in the way. And he's just standing there daring Randy to jump. And he's just like, come on, jump, jump. So Savage gets down and he backs up and he goes over to his corner and he goes to Elizabeth and he says something or he whispers something to her and she runs away. She runs to the back. And I guess we've seen this before. At least that's what Gorilla and, and Jesse Ventura tell us. But now Savage is out here by himself, and he's getting a beating from DiBiase. But here comes the most popular man in wrestling. Elizabeth comes back out from the back, and who's following her but the immortal Hulk Hogan. Hogan comes down to the ring, gets a chair, puts it right in Savage's corner, and sits his ass down and says, I'm here to watch. I'm here to watch. Just, Just here to watch. DiBiase is fucking irate. He is so pissed off Hogan's there, he's beside himself. Now, after another interference attempt by Andre the Giant, the referee tries to get Andre to either clear out or just stop interfering. And at this point, Hogan's like, all right, well, you know what? He interfered again. He comes in the ring, he grabs the chair he was sitting on, and he fucking nails DiBiase in the back 
And the crowd loves it. So, good on him. And guess what? That's the move that causes DiBiase to go down for the count. So, up the turnbuckle, Savage goes. Flying elbow. One, two, three. Your new WWF champion, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Great moment here. Great moment for Savage. He picks up Liz. He puts her on on his shoulder while she's holding the title. She's crying. Um, I'm not 100% sold that they had to have Hogan in the match, involved in the match so heavily. Doesn't matter. Uh, Obviously, Hogan was the biggest star in the world at this point, so you got to have him out there. Um, I don't necessarily agree with him using the chair on DiBiase. DiBiase is not a big guy. If this was Andre, it'd be kind of a different situation. But whatever. Obviously, uh, it still worked. It still got over. But I'm just wondering, does it make Randy Savage look less than? Is that why they, you know, it was so easy to switch the title back a year later? But you know what? We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. For now, the new WWF champion, Randy Savage. And this would have been a nice point for some WrestleMania fireworks. Uh, unfortunately, you can't do that inside it a tiny little building like the Atlantic City Convention Center. So, no fireworks. We'll have to wait for uh, a different venue, maybe in Canada, for the next time there's fireworks at the end of WrestleMania. Now, I enjoy this WrestleMania because, even though I knew the ending, I knew the end game, I didn't know who was going to uh, advance when. I didn't know how they advanced. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun... And it was, a, it was some unexpected fun. Some of it was overbooked. Uh, definitely not the greatest WrestleMania. Uh, but you know what? They packed a, they packed 10 sh- pounds of shit into a 5-pound bag. And uh, some of it leaked out and some of it didn't. So, match of the night was probably Savage versus DiBiase. Not because it was a technical spectacular. But just because, uh, you know, it's Randy Savage's moment. And Elizabeth helped make that moment uh, huge. I like that they book this and we start the road to the Mega Powers explode. You know, we're going to get that dynamic of Hogan and Savage and Liz and the jealousy and the title. And it's great. You know what? It's nice when they book something a year out and they know where they're going with it. And maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't like um, the reception that Savage was getting, so that's why they decided to put it back on Hogan. I don't know, but uh, for all in all, this WrestleMania was fun. The worst match for me was that Demolition Santana uh, Rick Martel match. I just I can't get over how stupid Tito has to be to let that pinfall occur. I can only suspend my disbelief so much, guys. You can't tell me that at no given point Tito can't just turn around and and kick Smash off of uh, Martel. I mean, fuck, dude. Smash was in that goddamn Boston Crab for like 10 minutes. Jesus Christ. But you know what? Whatevs. As always, thank you for joining me tonight on WrestleMania Salvation. Listen to all of the shows on the Quest of All Endeavor Endeavor Network, especially the shows on the Rundown feed. Troy comes to us with NXT Revisited and Glow Shtick. Adam brings to us Nitromania, and Jason and Troy bring to us 
the flagship, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Follow everybody on their respective Twitters, Facebooks, Snapchats, MySpace, Tinder, whatever you're into. My name is Sal. I have been your host for WrestleMania Salvation. For me and for all of us in the wrestling world, thank you. Thank you.